Welcome to Rebel Steps. I'm your host, Liz. Supporting prisoners is an important part of the resistance. One concrete way to offer the support is by writing a letter, a real pen and paper type of thing. To some of you just starting your journey into activism, you may be wary of people who have had conflicts with the police. Many folks have fallen for the myth that social change can happen without unrest and without conflict. For example, I know many people who consider themselves resistors celebrated the Women's March both in 2017 and 2018 for being legal and friendly to cops. If you're one of those folks, I want you to take a minute to think through some of the social progress that's happened in the U.S. Today, many people are uncomfortable with protests that result in arrest, but arrest often took place during protests from the past that we think of as positive. The civil rights movement saw enormous arrest and police violence aimed at protesters seeking justice. During Freedom Summer, 1,062 people were arrested. When women were lobbying for the right to vote in 1917, 33 suffragettes were arrested outside the White House. Frederick Douglass put it best, saying, If there is no struggle, there is no progress. Those who profess to favor freedom and yet depreciate agitation are men who want crops without plowing up the ground. They want rain without thunder and lightning. They want the ocean without the awful roar of its many waters. This struggle may be a moral one, or it may be a physical one, or it may be both moral and physical, but it must be a struggle. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did, and it never will. The police and prisons are not here to promote social change. If you have a problem with the status quo, you'll run into a problem with the police. Writing letters to political prisoners has always been a part of movements facing repression. In her autobiography, Living My Life, Emma Goldman writes about being on both sides of this. When her then-partner and lifetime friend, Alexander Berkman, was in prison, she writes, For the present, letters from the outside world were his only link with life. I must urge our friends to write him often. When she herself was imprisoned, she spent hours reading and writing letters. She later uses these letters to write her autobiography. In the present, anarchist Black Cross chapters across the country host letter-writing nights regularly. The New York City chapter writes on their website, a letter is a simple way to brighten someone's day in prison by creating human interaction and communication, something prisons attempt to destroy. Beyond that, writing keeps prisoners connected to the communities and movements of which they are a part, allowing them to provide insights and stay up to date. My name is John with the New York City Anarchist Black Cross. We do support for political prisoners and prisoners of war held in the United States. John's been involved in ABC for many years. The thing that inspired me to start writing letters was when a buddy of mine from school, who was the first anarchist I'd ever met, ended up going to prison. And he had told me about this group that was doing support for him. And I decided to go, and that kind of introduced me to not only prisoner support, but also anarchism in general. Now, on to your letter. Writing a letter can seem both easy and daunting. Here's John with some of the most important tips. 
what I always tell people when they're writing their first letter is a couple of things. Number one, you know, include a lot of detail because folks on the inside, their day is so regimented and so mundane that oftentimes they don't get to experience a lot of the things that we take for granted. So something that you might think is a boring detail might make a person happier or give a person something to think about on the inside. Another thing, especially with political prisoners, is even though their stories are usually wild and super dramatic and super real and revolutionary, that they're coming from the same movements that we are, that they're just regular people like we are, and to speak to them comfortably as you would a comrade that you do on the outside. There are lots of restrictions on what supplies can or cannot be used on letters headed to prison. The safest bet is to stick with blue or black ink and plain lined paper. Arts and craft supplies like glitter and paint are generally not allowed. Each facility has its own set of rules. The prisoner will likely get the letter without the envelope. Include your return address on the letter itself. Include page numbers so it's clear if a page goes missing. Another thing would also be to not promise anything that you can't deliver on. Folks on the inside, while they definitely appreciate the love and support from folks on the outside, getting disappointed with the lack of response or the lack of follow-through is even heightened because of their control situation and control setting. You should never, ever write down anything illegal. There will definitely be state officials reading mail going into prisons. And just like when you're on social media or talking on the phone with your friends or texting people, don't talk about anything illegal because it could come back to harm you or your community. Anything you write can be held against them, whether or not they ask for your letter. Additionally, avoid talking about their case at all, especially if they are pre-trial. Asada Shakur remembers the experience of receiving letters and the fear of the authorities reading them in her autobiography. She wrote, I wasn't able to answer all of those letters because the prison permitted us to write only two letters a week, subject to inspection and censorship by the prison authorities. It was hard for me to write anyway. I was also very paranoid about letters. I could not bear the thought of the police, FBI, guards, whoever, reading my letters and getting daily insight on how I was feeling and thinking. But I would like to offer my sincerest apologies to those who were kind enough to write to me over the years and who received no answer. Lastly, this is not just a good deed. Anarchist Black Cross New York City says, Writing to prisoners is not just charity, as we on the outside have as much to gain from these relationships as the prisoners. The last couple of recent regular correspondences that I've had have been very meaningful. One that I'll talk about was with a former Black Panther named Maliki Shakur Latin, who was in prison for decades for an alleged action that occurred dealing with the cops. And through my correspondence with him, I was able to develop enough of a relationship and closeness with him to join his support campaign 
which eventually, thanks to the work for the other people who have been supporting him for years, led to his parole a year and a half ago. So one of the things that surprises me throughout all of these folks, especially with the folks who've been inside longer, is that over time, with the support of folks on the outside, they have been able to develop a way of dealing with things with their incarceration, meaning that they are not typically overtly pessimistic about things. They still have good spirits. Oftentimes, they're still very grateful. They still want to be connected to people on the outside. Their life isn't over once they're incarcerated, and it's very inspiring. While supporting political prisoners holds a special place in activist circles, there's lots of work to be done supporting all prisoners. The brutality of policing and mass incarceration is unjust, and everyone affected is deserving of your empathy and support. People of color are disproportionately affected by mass incarceration. In the U.S., there's a direct historical link between slavery and modern-day prisons. If you're looking to learn more about this history, watch the Netflix documentary 13th. The title is a reference to the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, which abolished slavery, but with the exception for those convicted of a crime. This exception has contributed to the continued systemic oppression and exploitation of people of color to this day. To draw a parallel to the work of slavery abolitionists of the past, those working to end mass incarceration today describe themselves as prison abolitionists. Prison abolitionists work to end prisons and the broader prison industrial complex. Critical Resistance, a prison abolitionist organization, summarizes the prison industrial complex as the overlapping interests of government and industry that use surveillance, policing, and imprisonment as solutions to economic, social, and political problems. Through its reach and impact, the prison industrial complex helps and maintains the authority of people who get their power through racial, economic, and other privileges. The Revolutionary Abolitionist Movement writes, We situate our political movement in the context of abolitionist struggles against slavery and continue in the tradition from Nat Turner to the Black Liberation Movement. As part of this work, they hold letter-writing nights similar to Anarchist Black Cross, but encourage writing to all prisoners. Included in their letters is a catalog of revolutionary literature that prisoners can write back and ask for. New York books through bars, sends books to as many prisoners as they can. I spoke to a couple of volunteers about their experiences. My name is Bina, and I've been with Books Through Bars for about three years, maybe four. I'm a bottom liner as well as on our board because we're now a nonprofit as of this year. My name is Daniel McGowan. I was incarcerated for seven years. At one point, I got transferred to this pretty horrible place. It was called the Communication Management Unit. And I had been in general population, so I was pretty annoyed to show up at this space. And within, like, maybe three days, I had a package from Books Through Bars. And it was really kind of made me laugh because clearly someone back home, one of the people that worked there, knew that I was transferred and knew that probably would be a good time to shoot a package of books there. So I remember getting called out, like, three days after I got there. 
uh, with a package, and I was like, wow, these are really good books. Um, one of the books I, one of the authors I really liked is Dave Eggers, and I think it was uh, one of his books that just came out at the time. So I was really excited about that, and I remember thinking to myself, I really need to hook up with these folks when I get out. Obviously, being a recipient, but also just thinking it's, it's such good work after seeing how bad prison libraries are. It's really important. Got out in 2012, 2013, and then I've pretty much been volunteering since about 2014 or 15 on. Volunteers put a lot of thought and energy into picking the right books. Even while someone might ask for sort of something in like sort of an action thriller genre, there's ways to provide something that's that's action and thriller, but also has a sort of a mind-opening function. You know, you're asking for James Patterson, you're getting Raymond Chandler, you're asking for this, you're going to get a classic. Oh, you're in the shoe? Oh, you're going to get Crime and Punishment. You're going to get Chanteram. You're going to get the fattest book that I can possibly find. You're not just sweeping the floor and, you know, doing sort of very mundane, boring tasks, but you're actually responding to people's letters and filling requests and finding books on the shelves that try to match those requests as best as they can. And so I got kind of hooked. And I think that's sort of many of our stories of how we become volunteers. The folks they work with really appreciate the support. Bina and Daniel shared a couple of letters with me. Dear friends at Books Through Bars, I have received a few books from you last spring and they were very appreciated. I hope it's not too much to ask for some more. As I'm concentrating more on studying languages and working on translations, I would like to ask you to find me some dictionaries if possible. Russian to English, Spanish and English, and Hebrew and English. If you have some old magazines, off-mainstream, progressive, Marxist, socialist, modern art-oriented, as well as publications of that fashion, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Let the spirit of the history be with you. I read in the Prison Activist Resource Center Guide your generous program sending books to prisoners. If you can send me anything with Disney characters and or nature pictures for acrylic slash oil painting. Also, if you would happen to have anything on learning a foreign language, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to hearing from you. My address is below, and also need an invoice and a receipt in order to receive the books. At the end there, he mentioned needing a receipt. That's just one of many arbitrary rules Books Through Bars volunteers have to navigate. We have a few states that have really extreme censorship. They basically have a banned books list. Texas is one. Florida, I'm aware, is another. For example, in Texas, it's very hard to send drawing books because that might include nudity. And that is something that Texas pretty much bans. They also don't like books on electricity or masonry. I've also been told by other groups that they're aware of books, even by, say, Noam Chomsky or Howard Zinn, being bounced at certain facilities. Despite these obstacles, they managed to send books to 40 different states. Here in New York, they've recently faced new and frustrating limitations. Directive 4911A. This policy limited the vendors allowed to send books and other items like food and clothing. The designated vendors offered a very small number of items at a high price. This policy prevented anything used from being mailed into prison. The policy didn't just affect books through bars. Families also faced these roadblocks. What's really lost in this is just how 
little access to resources people who we're working with have, as well as their families, the burden on their families to try to send basic essential necessities. After a postcard and call-in campaign, this new policy was repealed, but activists are concerned that the Department of Corrections will come back with a revised policy in the future. Despite all the challenges, they're not giving up anytime soon. Daniel sees this work as part of a larger struggle. I think this is a concrete project that makes us feel like we're getting somewhere, because it might be just one person, but it's like change doesn't happen. You know, we, it happens a person at a time sometimes, you know. And I think that a lot of these people are getting out. And I hope to think that that impact that our sending books to them has on them when they get out, and not only just paying it forward, but just recognizing, like, sometimes our letters are like, wow, I can't believe there's people in the world that actually would send a stranger a book. You know, like, that very bare thing just blows people's minds. To get the names, stories, and addresses of political prisoners, go to nycabc.wordpress.com or attend an Anarchist Black Cross meeting. If there's not already a chapter of ABC in your area, consider starting your own letter-writing night. For information on sending books to prisoners, go to booksthroughbarsnyc.org. Check out the notes to this episode on rebelsteps.com for more resources. You've been listening to Rebel Steps. I'm your host, Liz. Believe in yourself, trust one another, and get organized. This episode was written, edited, and produced by Amy and myself. Music for this episode was kindly gifted to us by Sefi and also includes a few songs that I created. Special thanks to our interviewees, John, Bina, and Daniel, and their organizations.